This is The Grid, presented by Victoria College. Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of The Grid. Uh, my name is Jeremiah Sosa, the assistant sports editor at the Victoria Advocate. I'm here bo- uh, joined by Mike Foreman, our sports editor. And we have a, a new guest today, uh, Gabe Myers. He's he's joining us by way of Las Vegas, New Mexico. Um, Gabe is our new sports reporter. And Gabe, did you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh yeah, you said it, Jeremiah. I'm joining from Las Vegas, New Mexico, and uh, I hope I'm not a guest. I hope I'm on here pretty regularly uh, going forward. So, yeah, um, from uh, moved here from New Mexico, from Houston, though, spent, you know, went to high school in McAllen, spent some time in Corpus Christi. I've been all across South Texas, so I'm really excited to be here, and I'm, you know, this is my first week here. I'm really excited to get started with y'all and hit the ground running, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to be part of the part of the Advocate Sports team. Yeah, and as soon as Gabe got here, we sent him out right away to you know one of the biggest games in our area. It's uh, East West softball, and uh, Victoria East they defeated West fourteen to twelve in extra innings, and that was East's first win over West since two thousand eighteen. So Gabe uh, Gabe was able to see a good one. I I know Gabe, you were there. You talked to uh, you know Co- Coach Melissa Buck from East. What did she say about the game? And you know what was your takeaway? Um, on, on how East was able to pull away with that win. So, yeah, Coach Buck, uh, after the game, she was just so proud of her team's fight because, um, like, it was a, not just winning the game, comeback win. They were down 12-5 after two innings. And at that point, you know, I, th- like I said, that was my first assignment. I was reading up, okay, they played a few weeks ago. How'd that go? Well, it was a run rule. And it looked like that's what we were on our way to on, what was it, Tuesday night, you know, through two innings, 12-5. to And, it, just, it felt like West, they were just going to score at will the whole night. West didn't score again. They, they didn't score another run. East, East, Mia Amador came onto the mound and completely shut things down. And slowly but surely, East battles a little bit. They hit a solo home run. They get a couple runs on the board. They do something here and there. Down to the seventh inning, they're down three runs. They just put them on the board quickly. And for West, it was just it was like they were in some kind of funk they couldn't get out of. And East took full advantage. And it was... I mean, what a win for East. First win since 2018. Uh, I think it was uh, Coach Buck's first win over West since she's become the head coach. And massive, massive win there. I know for West that had some playoff implications, and that was a tough one for them. Yeah, and that East-West softball game was originally scheduled for Thursday, but due to rain, it got moved back to Tuesday, which was the same day that East and West baseball played. And I was at that East and West baseball game, and that was – I mean, both games for me and Gabe were, uh, you know – went into extra inning, but mine went into the 11th, in, 11 innings and, uh, Grayson Youngblood, the sophomore shortstop, he walked it off, uh, in the 11th inning to close out a, a nearly four hour game. And, you know, for, for Victoria East, that was a big win for them, not only, you know, against a crosstown rival in West, but it was their first zone win. So they were able to get, get on the board in, in that category. And for Youngblood, you know, he, he had a, played a, a pretty decent game in in that game against Calhoun. I think it was a few days earlier. So two big games for him and you know for for him to walk it off it was he was just telling me how it was a dream come true and you know it was everything that he's hoped uh you know when in playing baseball just to you know hit a walk off especially against a rival like that. And um you know West West hung in there. Uh, I was talking to coach Austin Molinar after the game and he was telling me how 
you know, this game was the best that his team has played in his two years as a head coach there. Um, you know, they had a their relief pitcher, Dominic Martinez, he, he came in and he only allowed two hits within, I think, five or so innings. So he was a big reason as to why West was able to stay stay in that game and, you know, contend with, with a team like East. But overall, East got the win and, you know, East sh- shut out West in, the, in that uh, rivalry on Tuesday. And uh, East and West, they actually play again on Thursday. You're scheduled for 5 p.m. So we'll have coverage of that game if you want to go to victoriaadvocate.com to, to see all the full coverage. All right, we're going to take one quick break and hear this commercial from White Trash Services. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off uh, companies. And, you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for, for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. All right, welcome back to this episode of The Grid. Um, we're going to be moving into back into some football. Yorktown, they recently hired uh, head coach Ryan Knotsman as a head coach and athletic director. He was the unanimous vote of the board of trustees on Monday night. Uh, he's going to be replacing John David Caffey, who resigned in February to become the athletic director and head football coach at Scurry Rosser. Mike, you were there at the board meeting, and you, you know you were able to talk to to you know Knotsman. You know what what was the takeaway from him, and you know how excited is he to to be able to start running this Yorktown program? He was uh, very excited. He, uh, as some people in the area might know, he was head coach before at Aransas Pass and left there, and he's been at uh, Johnson City the last two years. Um, He said he really enjoys coaching at the smaller school because, uh, you know, all the kids are involved in most all the sports, and that's one thing he's looking forward to. Uh, He takes over a Yorktown team, which – they have some people back. Of course, uh, the big challenge in their district, they have to go up against Burton and Falls City. But uh, he's looking forward. Uh, when I spoke to him, he said he was hoping to get to work, uh, you know, right after the Easter holiday. He's not going to waste any time. As he, as he made uh, he made it pretty clear. I mean, this is uh, we're starting to get kind of late in the year where, you know, coach wants to get in, get his off-season program going and kind of, Whatever uh, changes he's going to make in offense or defense, he needs to get those things. Get some, uh, if he has to hire assistant coaches, hire assistants. So uh, he's well aware of what he has to do. And uh, 
The good thing about that is uh, it looks like uh, we're back up to full full staff in the area now. All the coaching, head coaching football positions have been filled. Um, of course, anything can happen. But, uh, you know, at this late in the year, you would think you'd like to have a head football coach in place. Yeah, it's definitely good to see, you know, those positions, positions filled as we roll kind of roll into the summer where, you know, the football, uh, you know, season starts to get into in underway for those teams. And we also got some district tracks starting this week. Uh, Shiner, Refrio, and Golia, they recently competed and uh, did well. Mike, you covered, uh, you know, a few of those uh, track meets. What did you see out of the athletes that competed in that, those meets? Well, the first thing was obviously the weather. Um to uh, Refurio's district, which includes uh, Woodsboro, Yorktown, Kennedy, uh, they moved their district meet from Wednesday to Tuesday to beat the rain, uh, which proved to be a good decision. But nevertheless, it was a very humid day and very windy day. So that those conditions, but it didn't stop the both the Refurio boys and girls uh, pretty much uh, control that meet. Uh, I think they got out. The top four out of uh, the district meets go to the area meet. And so that that's your primary goal. Obviously, you want to have good times and everything, but uh, your main goal is just to make sure you get people out to area. And they were able to do that, as was Shiner, um, who competed in Ganado uh, on a day which was miserable. Uh, very chilly. A little rain, intermittent rain. Uh, actually, they were lucky about, a, I want to say, almost an hour after the uh, meet ended, we, there was an incredible storm with a lot of lightning and things. So they would have had to stop the meet if they had not done that. Same thing with Goliad. The Goliad boys and girls, uh, they dominated their district meet as well. Uh, they go on to area. You'll, you'll start seeing uh, really what these teams are aiming for is to get to the regional meet because uh, that's where you determine who goes to the state meet. And so uh, that's what these teams are looking forward to. Of course, Shiner and um, Shiner and Furio being 2A teams will compete at A&M Kingsville. And uh, the 3A meet is uh, in Seguin and uh, – you know, we'll have more district meets next week. We'll start having, uh, I know, 3A, 4As, 5As. We'll start having their meets uh, next week. So a lot of lot of track to come in the next few weeks. And we're already in the regional uh, playoff uh, season for soccer. And we'll talk about a few area teams that are competing in, in that. But before we do, let's hear this uh, quick commercial from Thriving Financial. Thriving is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent financial advisor Carly Herrig works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. All right, welcome back to the, the Grid Podcast. Uh, it's time to get into some regional tournament soccer. Calhoun, El Campo boys, and the Bay City girls, they'll be competing at the regional tournament at Katie Legacy Stadium on Friday. Calhoun's going to be playing Lumberton at 5 p.m. 
uh, Calhoun has advanced to the area around the past two seasons, and uh, you know they were able to get past the regional quarterfinals this year, and you know get get into you know the coveted you know regional tournament. And I went out there uh, yesterday and just talked to to the head coach and a few players, and you know for them it's just uh, it's an honor to be playing this far into the season after you know they've uh, after winning in the area around the or advancing to the area around the past few seasons. Um, it's just a you know fun time for them to be playing into April and. You know they're they're really excited to to you know be playing at that Katie Legacy Stadium. One thing they did mention though is uh you know with this weather going on it's it's a forecasted for a ninety percent chance of rain on Friday at the game. So they were telling me how it, maybe not the rain wouldn't impact them so much, but if there's wind that could impact you know when they're shooting the bar, you know when they're trying to pass it and stuff like that. So that that will be something to look out for for uh, on Friday. All right, we got Ocampo boys. They're going to be playing East Chambers at 1 p.m. at Katie Legacy Stadium. East Chambers beat Ocampo 5-0 in last year's area round. Um, but th- but this year, uh, Ocampo has first-year head coach Audie Jackson. And, you know, his mindset going into this matchup against East Chambers, he's not really – it's not really like a, a, a revenge game or s- something like that. He's, he's kind of just focused on his own team and what they can do. He said that, you know, he believes that, you know, if they play their best ball that they could – they can be anyone, and that's that's the, really the the mentality that the team is taking into into this weekend at the regional tournament. All right, moving into our last area matchup, we got the Bay City Girls. They're, they're also going to be playing Lumberton at three p.m. Lumberton defeated Bay City last season three to zero, and this is Bay City's fifth trip to the regional tournament in the last eight seasons, and they're seeking their third straight regional final appearance. So you know this is a Bay City team that's that you know they're used to to advancing this far and, you know, playing into April, um, you know, just talking to the head coach yesterday, it's kind of similar, similar to what Audie Jackson was saying about his El Campo team. He's not really, really focused about what, you know, what the other opponent is going to do. He's just really focused on his own team and, you know, how they come out and, and play against, uh, you know, against the Lumberton team that beat them last season. All right, that's going to do it for the sports uh, segment of, of uh, you know, this podcast, but we do have one announcement. We still have sponsorships opportunities for local businesses for both the Varsity Cup and the uh, the Grid podcast. And I might I know Mike, you do this almost every podcast, but if you could just explain to listeners what the Varsity Cup awards are and you know how that you know benefits uh, our local athletes and you know the, as far as like academics. Right. This is a uh, program we started some years ago, like I explained uh, before. It started up in East Texas with our sister papers. Uh, it's a way to honor athletes in the area for uh, their achievement, not only in athletics, but in academics and community service. Uh, that's what these awards are based on. Uh, they don't go to the best football player or the best uh, the best tennis player. They go to the to the player who's one of the most well-rounded uh, student-athletes. That's what we're looking for. And uh, it's, a, it's a real good way to encourage athletes to get involved in the community. And so if, if you're looking, if you want to get involved in that and get your name out there with that, uh, give uh, Kyle Motal a call here at the Victoria Advocate, and uh, Kyle can fix you right up. And uh, while I got you, I, I want to sh- shout out to basketball coaches out there. There's still time to get your all area nominations into us. Uh, send those to sports, S P O R T S, at vicad.com. 
because uh, we really want to honor kids that deserve it, and we need your help in this area. So uh, hopefully you can get those in. And you could also find us on Facebook on our Victoria Advocate page and also on our Advo Sports page and also on Twitter at Advo Sports. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of The Grid. Uh, from me, Mike Foreman, and our new addition, Gabe Myers, we appreciate you guys for listening, and we'll hear from you next week.